Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Nerd Pod Generations, episode 42. Yes, folks, we are back. We are better than ever. Uh, my name is Steve Taylor. As always, I am here with my lovely co-host, Mr. L. Judson. Hello, sir. Hello, friends and enemies. It's always a pleasure to see you, my friend. Always good. I look forward to these this days. Is, this is the best night of the week. It really is, because I, I love my family, I love my life, but it's just pure chaos in my life right now with everything going on with family in the kitchen and a million things going on. This is like my zen moment. Yeah. You and I get to just ramble on about stuff that means a lot to us and hopefully other people. Yeah. And it's it's one of those moments where I get to be unabashedly nerdy about things. Yes. And that is always... And a, we appreciate that. Yeah, that's a we number really one moment. That. Yeah. And, okay, so folks... Once again, I said this is episode 42, NerdPod Generations. We have been doing this podcast now for quite a while. Um, there are 41 previous episodes. All of them are pure gold. If this is your first time listening, please go back and listen to our back catalog. Let us know what you think. If you have friends who are into this kind of stuff, please let them know. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Pretty much you type us into Google and a million different podcast sites pop up with us that you can find us. And once again, it's NerdPod Generations. And we are also starting to roll out our short YouTube videos. Al has one up for the Blues Brothers. I recently had one put up for Fallen. And I have another one up going up shortly for uh, Ivan Reitman and his passing. And uh, we're going to try to do you know a couple of these a week just to kind of add to the brand. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just finished editing the Ivan Reitman one this morning. There we go. So yeah, that's going up tomorrow. Because you know we're into building this brand. We have a lot of faith in this brand. Oh, yeah. We, we think that we are changing the world, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. I like to think of it as if we're setting out a lot of pillows. Like, our audience is going to fall out of the sky, and we need to put down a bunch of pillows in order to catch them. And so these are just different. You and your pillow fights. I know, but these are just like, addicted. it's going to be a whole fort. Yes, it's gonna be, pillow fort. It's going to be there like, we a, go. it's a pillow igloo. And it's just like, phew, pillows. Of nerdy opinions. Exactly. And I these are it. these are just like the... Uh, do you remember back in the 90s when they had those like armchair pillows where it was oh, yeah. like, yeah, oh yeah. You know what though? As much as I didn't like the prequels, I did have an inflatable Darth Maul gaming chair. We had... Which was my favorite thing. We had an inflatable Jar Jar Binks and oh. Queen Amidala. Oh. Yeah. Who'd you lose a bet to? I think Pizza Hut. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That totally makes sense. You just lost the bet by going to Pizza Hut, and then they wanted to stick the knife in and twist it a little bit with those. They were like, thank you. We didn't think anybody would come in. Here, take an inflatable chair. Take two. I remember they were two different sizes. Did each chair come with a container of Pepto-Bismol? Uh, no, no, it did not. Well, no, then they're not. they're not looking out for your best interest. No, well, so the Pepto would be good for both the movie yes. and the pizza. Yes, pizza in scare quotes. Yes, absolute quotes. Yeah, that's like calling McDonald's burger a real hamburger. It's like I don't no. even think that's meat. This isn't. I'm not this sure. Ninety-eight percent filler. Yeah, and maybe two percent beef drippings. Beef drippings. <laughs> I like that term. <laughs> beef drippings. I'm going to go in next time and be like, can I get two cheese beef drippings, please? <laughs> I want a double quarter pounder oh, beef drippings. There'll be so much spit on those. I should never do that. Oh, no, they'll hate you. No, they'll absolutely hate us. All right, folks. Well, the way we like to start off each show is just quickly talking about what we have been reading, playing, watching. I would like to start this week because yes. yesterday... Okay, so I never get a chance to play video games. Very rarely do I get a chance. 
I am a big lover of JRPGs. And for those of you who do not know, that is Japanese role-playing games. Love them. My favorite genre. Absolutely adore them. There is a new demo for a game coming out in March called Triangle Strategy. Oh, I know this, yes. And it is the 2D, 3D animation style that they did with um, Octopath Traveler. And they're doing for Live or Live for Live that's coming out also in a couple months. And it is a tactical role-playing game similar to um, Final Fantasy Tactics, kind of in that, in that realm. But it's using that new art style. And I started the demo, which the demo is actually the first three levels of the game. Your save can roll over when you yeah. do buy the game, which is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And I've started playing it. Absolutely love it. At first, I was a little skeptical on the voice acting. But it kind of started to grow on me. I, I don't know if it's due to um, Xenoblade Chronicles. They've been using British and Scottish accents. Huh. For the voice acting in their in their RPGs. And I kind of liked it now. So when I hear this game, which just has a pure American accent for the characters, it kind of takes me back a little bit. But I do love it. It's so good. I highly recommend it. And once again, it's a free demo. So if anyone has a Nintendo Switch, please go download this demo and give it a try. Because it is completely addicting. Talking about JRPGs, did you ever play Chrono Cross? Yes. Did you see that it's coming to the Nintendo Switch? Yes. Did you see how fucking good it looks? Yes. I'm so jazzed. Well, and you have a PS4. Yeah. Which plays PS1 games. It does. I have, oh yeah, I have Chrono Cross. Oh, the I, PS1, all the discs. I do too. I have it on the PS3 upstairs. Oh, okay. But I want it on the Switch because I want the upgraded graphics. Yes. Because it actually looks like a video game as opposed to a bunch of blocks. Yeah. No, it looks fantastic. Yeah. No, I love... I wish they would do that with more of the classic RPGs. Like, one of my favorites from that era is Vagrant Story. Oh, yeah, yeah. Love that game. But it is horrible to look at. Like, it is truly bad. But I would love for them to redo that. I'm amazed that Nintendo hasn't done Xenogears, which was at the... Be before Xenoblade, before yeah. Xenosaga, there was Xenogears. But I'm Gears. wondering, because that was a PS... That was a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah. So I'm wondering if the rights, unfortunately, to those... That's why they haven't done, like, a full Final Fantasy VII reboot or anything like that. Because Sony pretty much tells them what they can do. Yeah. I wonder, because I at that point, I would just ask Sony, well, then why don't you finish the game? Because if anybody out there has ever played Xenogears... It's a three-disc game, and mm. the third disc has no gameplay. It's all boss battles, and all, really? the, all the narrative elements are done as the character literally sitting in a chair on the screen explaining what happens in the story. And then you do the boss battle, because they completely ran out of money. And oh, that's so, crazy! Exactly! So this turned into Xenosaga, <clears throat> which turned into Xenoblade. And they've never gone back to finish Xenogears. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm not super passionate about it, but I love a mech game. And it, it was mechs JRPG, so you could fight in and out of the mechs, and you fought mechs and other giant creatures. See, that makes sense, because that sounds like the natural progression to Xenoblade Chronicles X that was on the Wii U, which is 
personally one of my favorite games ever. Similar thing. You have mechs that you can get in and out of. You yeah, you kind of fight other mechs. They're alien like yeah. creatures, but then you fight big monsters and stuff, and I absolutely love that game. So it does sound like a natural progression. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was Xenogears was one of those really interesting. It was the first game where there was a shower scene, and I was like, I don't know what to do with what's... <laughs> Okay, because it like comes out of nowhere. Yeah, and I was watching my brother play it, and we just looked at each other like, "What is happening right now? <laughs> is, is there going to be a full steamy shower scene? Yes, there is. There's going to Z- be that. Xenogears putting people through puberty. Yeah, since so, 1990, or whatever. Yeah, so that that'll take you back. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to Chrono Cross. Kelly is very much looking forward to what's it called? Triangle Triangle Strategy. Strategy um dude has she played the demo i don't know actually you should tell her to download the demo she's been obsessed so with good. uh with pokemon rcs oh yeah yeah that's true so which she just finished apparently she's like pretty much out of things to do did she 100 percent it she hasn't 100 percented it but she's run out of like plot things to do gotcha she's run out of side missions and plot and everything all she can do now is catch pokemon and finish the pokedex gotcha and then she'll be completely done with it Gotcha. Well, we should tell her. Download the demo. It's yeah, free. I should. All well, right, sir. So, what have you? What have you been watching? So, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a quick aside. Okay. We're gonna do a hot tangent for okay. a second because Kelly tangent. Kelly gave me this idea for a hot tangent. Hot tangent. And I'm gonna run with it. So, I've been watching the Olympics. Okay. And uh, it came to my attention while watching the Olympics mm-hmm. that one of my least favorite things in the world has made the Olympic stage. The American mullet. I hate it. I hate that the mullet is back. I, and it's back with fervor. Mm-hmm. And in different flavors. And I hate it. We were watching figure skating. And one of the Chinese figure skaters had a mullet. And I was just like, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Who and why? Mm-hmm. Who does this and why? And can I convince you not to? Now that I think about it, I have seen quite a Quite a few more mullets nowadays. Mullets are back. Yeah, they are back. And like, I don't know what it is. It, I think they call it the wolf cut or something. Uh-huh. But it, it's a mullet, but the sides are shaved. And I've seen so many young women wearing that in New York City. And I'm not one to be like, young women shouldn't do debate. Uh, but I'm just going to, I never do this. Mm-hmm. I hate it. <laughs> I hate yeah, I don't it. want to walk down the street and see anyone that looks like Joe Dirt. You know what I mean? Yeah, it shouldn't I, look like that. It's so bad. And as I pointed out to Kelly, in Peacemaker, when they're trying to establish how villainous the dad is, mm-hmm. what do they do? They put him in a big-ass mullet. They put him in a fucking oh, mullet. Oh, that flashback mullet, too? Oh. I'm just saying. He's got the spike top with the big feathered mullet. Oh, my God. That's perfect. There's, there is a very specific connotation that goes with the mullet. Yeah. And I think a lot of young people don't realize that connotation goes with the mullet. And yeah. I'm, I don't want to be the old man on the mountain being like, hey, you down there. You look like idiots. But you look like idiots. You look like idiots. Yeah. It's making us look better, though. So It's true. It's true. That we look true. like we actually have the capacity to groom ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, but my actual, what have I been watching, reading, playing, is Super Bowl commercials. Yes. I watched the Super Bowl and that, first off, just on a on a fan of football level, mm-hmm. did you watch the big game? Yes. That was a fucking good game. That was a really good game. That was a very good and game. And as much as I, I, I didn't have a horse in the race. No, exactly. I'm happy the Rams won because if they had lost on that 
awful no call face mask touchdown. Yeah, it would have been all over the media, and we were robbed. And so I, I kind of, you know, part of me wanted to see the Bengals win because I like Joe Burrow, but I was like, I'm kind of glad you lost. Now. Yeah. Yeah, I am too because I I 100% agree. Mm. The moment you see that in the replay, and they don't call it, it's ironic because it, it the only thing it reminds me of is when the Rams did that to the Saints back yes. a few years ago. Yes, and uh, it's just like really, really. And this was much worse than that. Too. <laughs> yeah, bigger stage, much worse. Practically tore his helmet yeah. right off his face. Where every human being could see that happen. Yeah. And it's like clear on the camera him reaching up and grabbing the helmet and yeah. pulling it. Like it's you can't argue anything. There's it's right there. Yeah. So, but I, I I agree. The last drive was excellent. I was very excited to watch a game where I had no horse in it. I was watching it with my parents and I joked that if I actually did care about who was mm-hmm. playing in this game, I would have paced a hole oh, yeah. in my floor. Because Oh my God, this game was so good. And the only the only complaint I have is there's no way Aaron Donald should not have been the MVP of that game. Right? I love Cooper Cup, but he seriously. Was Aaron Donald won that game for them in those last two plays that the Bengals had, where he single-handedly took that over. He took over like the second half. Yeah. He like was just like... And if you remember, the week prior, or the two weeks prior, he got the last tackle on... Um, yes. What's his face? That... Um, Garoppolo that caused him to throw the interception that lost it for San Francisco. Yes. So like he's the whole reason they got there, and he is the reason they freaking won that game. Yeah. How I, did he not get an MVP? I agree. I 100 percent agree. I don't understand that. He's I the really one that everybody's going to remember walking down or running down the field, pointing at his ring finger. Yeah. Like, come on, give the guy an MVP. Unbelievable. But uh, so I I loved it. Mm. I this was one of the most satisfying Super Bowls in memory. And I got to say. I truly despise rap music, mm-hmm. but I love that halftime show. That was a good halftime show. That was really good because it's like, I almost want to say to, and once again, shaking your finger at the younger generation, that's hip hop. Mm-hmm. Not some of the crap that I hear in the kitchen that I work at mm-hmm. that just is like, this is just not good at all. This is terrible. That was hip hop. Yeah. That was good. That was so good. That was good. That was a good time. Even though 50 cent. I was about to say. Looks like a dollar 50 now. <laughs> how bad do you think his head was pounding? Oh my God. Like just hanging upside down for like that entire intro. Yeah. Unless like he came in. Cause like, I guess they have the, they have the back blocked off. So I guess one half of the stadium wouldn't see him yeah. being lifted into place. I think he actually lifted himself. Cause he's pretty strong. Yeah. But it's like the lat when he did that in that video, that was twenty years and probably fifty pounds ago. Yeah, it's like, oh man. I mean, I know you <laughs> wanted to do that, and I love Fifty Cent. Like, I, 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 I love interviews with them, and I some of his acting has been pretty decent. But I was like, dude, don't just don't do that. Don't do that. It's like you, you didn't need to. Just showing up and rapping, everyone would have lost their mind. That was I. There wasn't a left shark moment, which I, I I desperately wish every Super Bowl had a left shark moment. I was pretty close, but that was as close as we got that to a left shark. Because you're right, it's like, yeah, dude, he did not look comfortable. He looked he looked like he was gonna pass out. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but the other thing about the Super Bowl, and we'll get back into nerd stuff now, uh, is trailers. trailers. There were some really good ones, and we just rewatched some of them. Yep. Uh, right before the show. 
So do you want to start with Doctor Strange or do you want to start with Lord of the Rings? Let's start with Lord of the Rings because I don't think there's as much to talk about with that. I agree because it's a little more ambiguous. Yes, because it was a teaser. Yes. And we're still, what, four months away, five months away from... Yeah. Because it's, it's in premiering. September where Doctor Strange is in May. That's only a couple yeah. months. So let's coming up close. Yeah. So uh, I do think that this looks great. First and foremost. Absolutely. This looks great. I'm very excited. It looks like... They do have more CGI than the original trilogy did, but that's okay. It looks that's like all right. Hobbit. Yeah. With the amount of CGI. Yeah. So be careful with that would be my one mm-hmm. note is just that can really wreck stuff. Um, and I'm wondering whether this is an anthology show. Do you think that each episode kind of stands alone? Or do you think that there's an intertwining plot? I don't know, because it looks like they have that one hero character mm-hmm. that's climbing up the cliff face, who's in quite a few. So I'm wondering if it is going to be more of a linear story than yeah. kind of split apart. Because it almost gave me the, the feeling of an anthology show. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't really get the feeling of a central character here. So Well, it could be... I mean, it could be an anthology to where it's the same storyline, but they're just following different... Yeah. Kind of like how um, the Two Towers. Yeah. How they would go back and forth between Frodo and and, um, and Smeagol and, and um, Sam, Sam to with what, what the rest of the Fellowship was doing. I could see something like that where one episode is following one group and then another, but they are all following the same storyline. Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. Either way, I'm really excited to see what they You can do. tell they're pumping money into this. Oh, yeah. That's some high quality. Yeah. Truly high quality. I'm glad that some of my Amazon dollars are going towards this because otherwise I would just feel really frustrated and angry. Yeah. As is, I don't like to buy things on Amazon, so. (coughs) Which they are in the running to get the full rights to Lord of the Rings. Oh, wow. Because as of what I read is there's a company that's been kind of fighting back and forth with who has the actual print and film rights to Lord of the Rings. And they supposedly finalized it, and this one company has it, and they put it up for sale. And Amazon said, we are getting it. And the bidding war started, but Amazon is like, we got as much money as we want, so we're just going to do it. We'll just keep throwing money So if Amazon gets full rights to Lord of the Rings 100%, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's... I think it's a positive as long as they continue. It looks like... And I, I believe they did film this all in New Zealand, and they are using Weta. And it's like, as long as you keep that... Keep the bones. Yes. You can build around it to exactly. a different form, but keep the bones. Yes. And keep the storytelling. You know, keep the 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 dark tone. Like I hope I really and it does look like it's dark. Yes. I hope they don't have stupid like follow the Marvel path and just pump stupid humor into it. No, I don't think they will. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't smack of that humor. I am, one of the things you pointed out is that people think Sauron is, or they confirmed that Sauron is going to appear. Yeah, and it's like, it's almost like, like I mentioned to you, he it's like the Tom Riddle stage of Voldemort, where you see that, you see him before he becomes Sauron. And it's like, once again, it's just a rumor I heard, but I think it's pretty substantiated. Yeah. So I'm kind of interested to see that. I'm interested, I'm a little fearful, I'm a little nervous. But we'll they see. They could screw it up. They could screw it up. And a lot of the time, it, we, we talk about classic villains that mm-hmm. everybody loves. But there's a big pile of villains that... You don't think Jake Lloyd could play Sauron? <sighs> I'm just saying, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. 
Um, but, you know, so we'll see how they do it. I'm deeply curious to see how the entire series goes. Yeah. The the elf catching the arrow. Show. Yeah, that, that was, was pretty cool. awesome. I was down with all that. That yeah. was awesome. But, like, you know, we'll see what they actually end up doing for the story. Because at this point, I still haven't actually seen anything that mm. makes me be like, oh, I know what's going to happen in this series. Well, and I know this is long. This happens quite a ways before um, The Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. But I'm, like, I, I guess I got to research it a little more to know exactly how long. So I'm wondering if it is in the time frame still where, like, Lord Elrond could make an appearance yeah or legolas's father i, I can't think of his name off the top of my head but those characters if it is when they should be alive i'm wondering if they're gonna get hugo weaving to be like can you play lord elrond again but how could they because he's gonna look ancient he's gonna look so old even if they de-age him yeah you know i don't know i don't know, I don't know. we'll see what they do i mean maybe they'll just Make him fat and have him just walk up and down the streets of <laughs> the Shire or something. Complaining about how his arm hurts. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Little, little Boba Fett jab there, yeah. just to throw it in there. A little, a little quick shot. Yeah, a little the, quick shot. A little kidney shot. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Doctor Strange then. Okay, I can't wait. This looks good. This looks good. This gives me more hope than most Marvel trailers have in a while. See, I've said that. I know. I've said that, and I, I rewatched the Eternals the other day, and I'm like, oh, this is so bad. But I wasn't hopeful for Eternals. For Eternals, I was like, we'll see what they do. For for Shang-Chi, I was like, I want this to be good. Yeah. For Black Widow, I was like, I don't think this is going to be good. This is the first time since, I think, Endgame, where I've seen a trailer and been like, you know what? Yeah. This might actually be good. This could really be good. It, a lot of it depends on if they laid off a Sam Raimi and allowed him complete current blush and do whatever he wanted to do without notes or anything yeah hopefully that's the case i hope so because you look at something like evil dead 2 yes and if this has even half the tone of evil dead 2 then you have your humor covered and your and that's that's what i was gonna say he's good at doing that little humor at yeah. it properly without making it just seem obnoxious yeah without it being right in your face yes. where like it's so bull in a china shop just like it's someone walking around with something mm -hmm. and you're waiting for them to drop and it and they of course wait to drop it until the most tense scene in the movie mm. when oh we can't have this be too too tense mm. we got to get some humor in here so they got to stay away from that and they got to let sam raimi do his thing but i think that this could be good i'm a little i think it could be I'm a little concerned that there seems to be many villains. It seems like there's a lot of baddies, but it seems like they're setting up the big bad to be maybe Wanda. Wanda could be the bad. Doctor Strange himself could be the bad. Yeah, the evil... The evil Doctor Strange. Yeah. Uh, Shumagorath could be the bad. Uh, Mordo could be the bad. Like They've set up so many things yeah. that could be the bad guy. And you're just like, okay, so we'll... Well, what is it going to be? And for the, you know, unlike Lord of the Rings or uh, what was the other, we were talking about another trailer, or Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, yeah. Yeah, yeah Jurassic World uh, Dominion, where I'm like, you got to tell me more because mm -hmm. I don't trust you. With this, I'm like, I don't even know if I want to know any more than what I've seen in this trailer. Yeah, I don't need to see another trailer. Because this might be enough for me mm -hmm. to be like, yeah, I want to go in kind of only knowing this. See, I'm afraid they're going to pull a Marvel and in the trailers, like leading right up to the movie, they're just going to give away a ton of 
cameos, plot devices, and you're going to be like, no, don't. Yeah. Like, right, this trailer should be the final trailer. Yeah. It's like, if you don't want to go see this movie after seeing this trailer, you shouldn't You're not going to want to go see the movie. You're not going to want to see it. Yeah. Or if they're going to throw in an Easter egg that you should see by going to the movie in the next trailer just to get those people to go... That's gonna make us go. Well, what the hell are you doing, man? Yeah. Now, now that I didn't want to know that. Yeah. It's the I didn't want to know there were dragons in this movie. Yes. That will always be yes. my reference point. Shang Chi. I didn't want to know there were dragons in the movie. Mm-hmm. I wanted that to be a surprise because that was gonna be cool when he saw the dragon and it was oh it's a dragon. And then the infamous Far From Home, which. The trailer came out prior to Endgame, so those who didn't know would think Spider-Man was still gone, but here he's in a movie. He's in a movie. Talking about, oh yeah, you know, I survived Endgame, and you're like, what the fuck, man? Well, I guess You couldn't wait. Yeah. That's a bunch of shit. No, it's true. So I hope they don't reveal anything else. My big thing is I hope they don't reveal who's on the Illuminati, because we got pretty much confirmation that the Illuminati is in this. Here's my question. Do you want to know what the Illuminati is? Well, I, I kind of know what the Illuminati is. Okay. But, because everyone who watched the trailer knows Patrick Stewart's voice. Yes. So everyone is assuming it's Professor X. Yes. Do you... Th- oh, what, what if, if it's, it's someone else? Picard? What if Marvel does a completely crazy thing, because it is a multiverse, it's... and now he's a android, really? That's a stretch. It's a stretch. That's a stretch. But you... that nerd inside of me... Also, knowing that the Picard show is two weeks away from the the season two, I was like, oh, what if they throw that curveball? Because every person on the planet thinks it's Professor X because it's Marvel. What if it's Jean-Luc Picard? But why would it be Picard? Why not? (laughs) It's the multiverse of madness. This is is a Patton Oswalt fever dream of a conclusion. And his fever dream that he had in that famous episode of Parks and Recreation where he did that long soliloquy of what he thought the Star Wars came true mostly in Book of Boba Fett. The Mandalorian glove crawling out. A lot of what he said actually happened in the beginning of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> and so it's like, dude, you never know. Yeah. You never know. No, it's it's true. I believe that as a way to get Boba Fett out of the Sarlacc pit. I don't believe that Marvel would ever tie the two universes directly I together. I, it's, I think listen, it's going to be a stretch. What I'm saying is I'm 99.9% sure it's Professor X. Okay. That 0.1% that as soon as I saw the trailer and I heard his voice, that popped in my head. I just want to make sure you have appropriate expectations. That's all. Oh, no, I, I have appropriate expectations. Okay. Oh, right. I absolutely do. All right, good. Um, but, yes. Knowing how batshit crazy this movie's going to be, that wouldn't be a shock. No, it's true. That would not be a shock. I, I, you know, it's, it's, it'd, it'd be a rights deal. They'd have to figure out the rights to it. So Hey, it's promotion for season two of Picard. You know what I mean? <laughs> That'll sell some subscriptions to they, Paramount Plus. They, they want a little of that cheddar, though. They want well, a little and of that cheese. Well, they're talking, I mean, they're, they're rebranding themselves as Paramount, and they're pushing everything, Viacom CBS, into Paramount Plus. That's their big thing. They're even getting South Park 100%. It's going to be on Paramount Plus starting, I think, 2023. It's coming off HBO Max. So they're putting a lot of money into it. It's like... You know, five seconds, a little promotion, a little, hey, I forgot, you never know. I guess, I guess. Um, I do, 
I, I really want to know who else is on the, the Illuminati. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, the, I'm not referring to the, the the Illuminati as the internet. You know, The quotation mark real Illuminati. Like, yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. The Illuminati is basically that, but in the Marvel Universe. Mm. And you have Tony Stark, Black Bolt, Namor the Submariner, Black Panther, Professor X, and Doctor Strange as this kind of cabal of yeah. superheroes who go around trying to fix problems that they think they're best suited to solve because they're the smartest, biggest brains in the universe. Uh, oh, and Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. Can't can't have an Illuminati without Reed Richards. It would make sense that this, exactly the lineup you said, minus Tony Stark. I don't think Robert Downey Jr. would come back to do it, even though he's different. You know, He'd still yeah. be alive in other universes. They're looking for ways to introduce the X-Men, to introduce the Fantastic Four, and I swear to God, if they bring the Submariner, finally they get the rights and they put him in, I will absolutely lose my shit. Yeah. Because I love the Submariner, and it's like the darker version of Aquaman, and I would yeah. love to he, have him in it. Submariner has no time for your shit, Yeah, and he thinks you are nothing. Yes. And he will fucking kill you. Yeah. And they got to get the Inhumans back into the universe because they want to bring Camilla Khan in for yes. the Marvels. And Camilla Khan. And I would love to see them do that properly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know what? Now that you talk about it, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about it when I listed off that lineup. But that lineup is all characters that aren't currently allowed in the universe. So, well, no, or they've recently just gotten the rights to. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Is, is that they, up until this point, have been, there's been a paywall. And that paywall is down. So is this how they all come in? Which it makes sense with Secret Evasion coming. They're going to need to introduce the Fantastic Four. They have to. Yeah. Fantastic Four and Skrulls go together like Green Goblin and Spider-Man. Yeah, exactly. You have to introduce them. Well, and like, there's got to be... I'm still curious how they're going to do the Skrulls because they've set up the Skrulls as refugees. And that's just... I. That's such a... Okay, fine. I don't want to say that it's a bad idea, but it's a... I, I want to say it's a short-sighted idea because the scrolls. Yeah, they're Disney scrolls. Well, they're the scrolls are villains. Yeah. And so if you have the scrolls suddenly be villains after being refugees, come on. They're Disney scrolls. They have to be refugees. They can't be bad guys. No, that's. They gotta then, sell scroll toys. But then, how are they going to be bad guys when you do Secret Invasion? Because they'll screw it up. But then, if you have no doing it, you're gonna end up having to do either the religious zealots. Or something completely different. They're Those gonna are your two the options. Zealots. They're going to do the zealots. But if they do the zealots after framing the scrolls as refugees, <laughs> that's a really bad idea. A little tangent attached to our next conversation, they might play them off like the butterflies from Peacemaker. Mm. To where you have the refugees, but then you have the ones that decide that they know what's best for humanity and want to take over the planet. Yeah. And then the refugees fight against them. You know what I mean? So you could have something similar to that. I guess. I just don't like the parallels. Oh, I don't like it either. And I I just, I think it's kind of tasteless. Yeah. Let me put it that way. I think it's tasteless to mm-hmm. do it. And it's a it's something that Marvel didn't need to do. Yeah. And they just kind of decided to do. Especially because the Skrulls are literally the oldest villain in, in Marvel the Marvel canon. Universe. Next to... The Mole Man, super short-sighted, bad idea. I get it. You wanted to set up the Kree as the actual villains, but we're not talking about Captain Marvel. But she shows up here. Captain Marvel shows up here. Well, one of them. Well, do you think that... I think it's Rambo. I don't think it's Carol Danvers. You think it's Photon? I think it's Photon. Really? Yep. Oh. Just because 
they really set up WandaVision and Wanda being part of this. So it makes sense, especially with, what is it, the Marvels. Isn't that yeah. what the next movie? Which Rambo's going to have a major part in it as Photon. It makes me think that's who that is in the commercial. Because they do show it briefly and you don't really see who exactly it is. Yeah. You assume it's Captain Marvel, but I think it might be Photon. Because they need to really get her, because you briefly get a taste of her powers in that final episode of, of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking they have her just so they can push her more into the focus for when the Marvels come out. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I saw her in a movie yeah. and I saw her powers. I was also wondering whether Camilla Khan was going to show up in this somewhere as just kind of an aside. I don't know. Like, she's in the universe somewhere. Watch out. She's not in Destiny's gaze yet. Yeah. I'm very curious to see what Doctor Strange does. I really don't want it to be a letdown. I really don't want it to be a letdown. I don't think it will be, mm-hmm. but I'm also not going to watch any more trailers just in case. I'm not going to watch another one either. No, but... I, I want to stay excited. So if any more trailers drop, don't come to us for our opinions. We will not be watching them. Yes. Unless it's against our will. And being Sam Raimi and being a crazy movie like this where, where all these multiverses are mashing, I do expect to see Ash Williams. Yes. And I want to see Darkman. Liam Neeson enters the MCU as Darkman. Put those two in there. Greatest movie ever made. Period. End of story. That'd be amazing. (laughs) Liam Neeson enters the MCU. Oh my god. Oh my god. That'd be so silly. Okay. We should move on to Peacemaker. (laughs) Oh, that's a good transition, Al. Good transition. All right. So this is episode seven, season finale. Yes. Of Peacemaker. And I love this show. And it was awesome. It was weirdly sad to me. That's what I loved about it. The ending, they set it up to be happy, but it is so sad. Yeah. Because you know that he's stuck. Okay, spoilers once again, folks. If it's your first time listening, we spoil everything. So this is 100% spoilers. The rest of his life, he's going to have his abusive ghost dad in his head that he can't get rid of. Yeah. That's so depressing. Unless there's a psychic in season two. I don't know. Maybe Dr. Fate comes. We're about to that get Dr. Be. Fate into the DC universe. That could be. I'm really excited to see what but, DC And does. that's what I loved about this show is they set it up and it made it look like it was going to be a happy ending. And then it ends with that. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. That is awful. This poor fucking guy has this abusive father's ghost. It reminded me of as if Dexter... Where he would always see his dad, yeah. but his dad tried to keep him from being a monster, where his dad made him a monster and is abusive. And it's like, it's it was very similar to that to me. Like, it reminded me of that. I see Where he's that. just going to be constantly calling him a pussy, and I, I just was yeah. blown away by that ending. And it's how we're going to have uh, Robert Patrick in season two. Yeah. And I do, you know, he plays a horrible person, but I love I love how he plays this horrible person. Yeah. He's really good. Robert Patrick's always been great at villains. Yeah. And here is no different. He yeah. just kills it as Very a underrated player. actor. Yeah. Very underrated. Did you ever see Copland, Sylvester Stallone? Uh, no. Great movie. It's He plays um, a small town in New Jersey that's all the police that work in New York City live in this town and it's horribly corrupt and he plays the small town sheriff who's a little slow and then it turns into like him it's almost like a mafia type movie but the mafia are actual police officers and it's got Harvey Keitel and and Robert De Niro and um Ray Liotta but then Robert Patrick plays a cop in it 
awesome movie. But he, like you said, great bad guy. Yeah. Just awesome bad guy. He he just has that way about him. Yeah. He's good in this. He's great in this. Good in Terminator 2. So I think we need to talk. Yes. About the greatest cameo on any TV show. Uh, that was pretty great. The Justice League the cameo. The Justice League showing up. Especially because Jason Momoa got to drop an F-bomb because it wasn't an actual movie. Shut the fuck up, Barry. I love that. I went nuts. Yes. <laughs> you guys are late. You fucked a fish. Oh, that's just a rumor. I'm tired of that rumor. Is it a rumor? rumor? Is that a rumor? rumor. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Barry. Oh, I love that. I was like, that is the greatest. I only wish. Ah, God damn it. You tell me you could not get Gal Gadot and fucking Henry Cavill for one day of shooting. I know. Just so you could see their reactions to that. Because it's like, dude, just you shouldn't even have put those two in it. It should have just been Barry and fucking Aquaman. That would have been hilarious if just Barry and Aquaman show yeah. up. And he's like, where's the rest of them? And they're like, it's Tuesday. But I loved Peacemaker's reaction to seeing the Justice yeah. League include Superman. Oh, you fuckers are late. And he's swearing <laughs> at him and stuff. I was like, dude, this guy's awesome because he truly hates other superheroes. I yeah. giving shit about him. Oh, uh, my God. That was great. I was very excited and happy to see them show that up. That was... Cherry on top of a very action-packed, fun episode. We didn't get King Shark, but we did get the Justice didn't League. Didn't get King Shark, which I was disappointed we didn't get yeah. King Shark. But. but we also got Amanda Waller. Came yeah. back for a hot second. Hot second. A very nice F-bomb drop once again. All yep. these cameos had great F-bombs. Yep. I like how they did play that where her daughter came out and yeah, pretty and, much blew everything up. And it like blew up everything about... Task Force X. Well, see, like, that's what I'm wondering now. What the hell are they going to do next season? Yeah. Because the, the property of Suicide Squad only got stronger after this series. Because they already picked it up for season two, so it must have been pretty successful. Yeah. So it's like, they're obviously going to want to make another Suicide Squad movie. Yeah. But if they just if they cut off the head by shutting down Project X, you're like, well, what the fuck are they going to do? Well, like, do you end up doing kind of a backdoor Suicide Squad next season? Where you, you get a bunch of people together and it's not the Suicide Squad, but Peacemaker has a bunch of capes on his side. Could be. You know, like, there's so many interesting things that you could do now that I'm just like, where is this going? Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it. The it butterfly so ending was, was bittersweet, yeah. but good. Yeah. And the last food on earth for them, and he's yeah. given it to that last butterfly. Yep. Which that was still, because wasn't the one that he originally... That was the one that he had in the jar that took yeah. over the Asian police officer. That was Goff, yeah. Because Goff didn't die. No. Yeah. They, they never killed Goff they never the killed butterfly, him, yeah. yeah. Um, they killed both bodies that it inhabited, but they yeah. didn't kill Goff. And I like how it knew, I'm not going to take over Peacemaker because that's the last food yeah. on the planet for it. and knows it's not going to live, so yeah. why? Yeah. It, it shows that it also truly wasn't a bad... Yeah, they're alien. not... They weren't villainous. Yeah. They had good intentions. I was a little... I, I did have that moment that happens in every form of media now where at some point the the show kind of turns to the audience and says, get it? Did you get it? Yeah. Did you get the simile? Are we clear? Did you get it? Okay, we're going on with the story. Yeah, it was uh, a little preachy. Yeah, I was like, preachy. okay, we're doing this. Okay. And like, it, it wouldn't be so annoying if they didn't get all the way to 
oh, media leading people astray. And I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. You know what? I'm trying to get away from all that. That's why I came here is to get away from all that. I don't yeah. want to talk about that right now. I have to be a social hermit to yeah. get away from it. That was definitely an eye roll moment. I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah. You can't do that. So that was like my only note, though. I really yeah. liked everything else. It was I, a really good episode. I really loved the different helmets. As soon as they brought up the human torpedo, I was like, well, that's going to get used. There's no way that doesn't get used. Yeah. And we had a nice, we had a few more splash damage on the uh, the sonic cannon. The sonic oh, helmet. yeah, that was so awesome. Yeah, bringing down the entire barn. <laughs> somehow Eagly flew into the woods and dropped it. <laughs> I knew the goddamn Eagle didn't know what you were talking about. It absolutely murdered me. I thought, again, that Vigilante was dead. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> and once again, his final scene... Where he just stands up in the hospital, pulls off the leads, and jumps out the window. I was like, that's awesome! Just a stupid smile on his face. And he's standing, hey dude, you got shot, you should get admitted. Nah, I'm just gonna take a nap. And he's okay. Fine. Oh my god. Dude. It's so good. I swear to god, if for some reason they ever recast that, or they take out that character, I will never watch the show again. That Listen to me, HBO. I will never watch that show again if it doesn't have Vigilante. That is the greatest character invented in recent times. So now, the question becomes this. Hmm. Did you think somebody needed to die? Because no. they set up a lot of like, oh, this person's gonna die, and then they didn't die. Like, nobody ended up dying. See, I didn't think that, because that's kind of what I've getting gotten pissed off with with a lot it's like you don't always have to kill somebody be it the villain be it the good guy you don't always have to kill somebody people can survive i thought especially Hardcore was gonna bite it i thought she was too but then i'm like you know what they are setting it up for like the love interest potential yeah like okay not to get too not to get too blue here folks but it'll be like a hate fuck type situation where they're not going to like each other, but they're going to hook up and it could be like this back and forth thing. Yeah. Um, and like, there's no way you could kill vigilante period on the story. And the dude that broke his leg, I didn't expect him to, No, he wasn't going to die. He wasn't going to die. It was no, really you just... know, I'm glad they did it just because I like this group together. I want to see them together in another, even though now that who knows where this project's going to be, are they still going to be all teamed up together? Well, I, I got to wonder whether part of season two isn't going to take place in Bell Rev because mm, Die Beard is now working at Bell Rev Prison. That's true. And so I wonder in what capacity, mm -hmm. for whom, is he under Amanda Waller again? Is she still going to be question. at Bell Rev given what's gone and happened now? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I really want to see what they do with season two. I think they set up a lot of good stuff. This show did what a lot of seasons of other shows have trouble doing. What's that? They've set up all these various things throughout the season that need to get paid off. And a lot of the time these days, it feels like instead of getting them paid off, they'll pay off one big thing <clears throat> and then they'll basically kick everything to next season. Mm -hmm. And so you're left being like, but we were supposed to finish with this storyline and this storyline and they're still up in the air. And here, it felt like they closed a lot of the boxes mm -hmm. and just opened new boxes as they went. So it was like, okay, we're closing down all these things that were kind of hanging chads mm -hmm. for this season. But we're setting up this and we're setting up this and we're setting up this. And I found that so much more satisfying than other seasons of shows where you get to the end and you're just like, 
Well, but you didn't actually resolve anything. Yeah. This is, you've only set up more problems. Yeah, they did pretty much resolution. tie up most of the stuff. Yeah. They just had that one problem with what's going to happen with Project X. Yeah. And I am wondering also, now that he's killed his father, is he going to move into his house because of the room? That'd be a useful space. That'd be a very useful space. with all Because there's still a lot of armament and everything in that room. You oh, know, yeah. it's like that could be the headquarters for him and Vigilante. But I don't know. You bring I'd in someone that. smart who can reverse engineer all that shit. Yeah. Figure out how to rebuild it. Die beard, maybe? Die beard, maybe. 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 I don't know, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait. But I still can't believe they had the Justice League cameo. I was absolutely beside myself with that. I was like, dude, that cannot be true. <laughs> and to actually have Momoa and Ezra Miller. I know. Oh, my the God. The fact that it was actually them was what did it. Yeah. It's so funny to think back to when we didn't respect Aquaman. It's so funny. They name-dropped another superhero. Have you picked up some of the name-drops that they've done throughout the season? Because, like, they did, like, Batmite. They did Matter Eater Lad. And Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I love that they've been doing that. And they, like, every time he has one... Oh, Green Arrow. When they were talking about <laughs> how he goes to Comic-Con yeah. as the back end of the pony. And you're just like, I, I think I love this. I don't know why I love this, but and I, I love, I love how Diebeard was like, "Wait a second, all your other stuff is bullshit." But I have heard that about Green Arrow. <laughs> he like backs him up on it. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh my god, I love it. I love that because of it, all these little things are canon now. Yeah, Matter Eater Lad is somewhere in this universe. Bat might exist in this universe, so we might see Ben Affleck have to deal with Bat might, and that would make me so happy and it you know a lot of people were wondering was the last suicide squad movie part of dc canon or not this proves that it is because yeah. you have the justice league showing up mm-hmm. it's 100 yeah it's so justice it's canon. like i really don't know where they're gonna go from here no i really don't it, i i almost feel like they can only go bigger they have to they absolutely have to more characters more superheroes more actual superheroes and hopefully some of these bigger name actors from the cinematic side have seen what the Marvel shows have done for the brand with the big names doing the TV shows that maybe they get one of them to be part of the storyline. You only need to be here for like three episodes. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know, have like a small arc. A week of shooting. No. And that's a good way to introduce more characters too. Yeah. You know, that could be a way to introduce um, like Nightwing. Oh my god! You know what I mean? Like some of these tertiary characters that we really want to see that they may not ever like put into a movie, they can put into these shows and then kind of introduce them. Yeah. Even though the show is a very hard R, and yeah. I know they'll probably want those movies to be more of a PG thirteen. Well, it's hard to say because you bring up Nightwing and they do have the Teen Titans show, which has Robin. That's true. And Robin famously says "fuck Batman." Yeah. In Teen Titans, and that is true. So. Who knows? DC as a whole is just doing dark, and I kind of like it. I love it. They're yeah. doing the opposite of Marvel. They're taking chances, taking risks. I love that they take chances. Yeah. I love that they take chances. It makes me so happy that they go out there and they just try things. Mm-hmm. Let's have all of Aquaman be underwater except for one scene in the desert and one scene in this Cape Town. Mm-hmm. Let's have sharks, people riding sharks and seahorses. Let's do it. Let's go all in mm-hmm. and it's amazing but i i would not i cannot see them ever taking one of their tent pole heroes 
and having them drop the F-bomb Marvel. To have oh, Jason no. Momoa, who right now it really is just Wonder Woman and Aquaman in the DCEU, who are like the temples as far as cinematic wise. Yeah. And have him drop an F-bomb, which is phenomenal because Jason Momoa just fits with him. You know what I mean? When he said it, you're like, he would say that. Jason Momoa is the only reason why we respect Aquaman. Though. Oh, absolutely. You know what, though? That's not true. No? Because the animated movies have oh, been doing yeah. a phenomenal job with that That's prior true. to him. That's true. So they've been working on it ever since the 70s and 80s awful Yeah. Aquaman He's depiction. no longer the uh, robot chicken Aquaman. Oh, my God. That's too bad, too. I love yeah. the robot chicken. <laughs> or what? There was a family guy where a woman was getting attacked on the shore and he's in the water come on the water come do that in here i'm gonna get you and he's like no and he keeps beating the woman up and he's like ah oh, if you were in this water i sure would beat the hell out of you he's like yelling i was like dude that's so funny oh man so that is peacemaker for those of you who have not seen it we highly recommend it it is a fantastic show once again it is a very r-rated show though so be yes. warned if you are squeamish my wife sat and watched some of it and she had not seen Suicide Squad or Peacemaker. She's like, oh, oh, some of the violence. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a very high um, budget for blood in this yeah. movie, in this TV show. They, they they got that good digital blood budget. Oh, yeah. James Gunn. Oh, yeah. Flash James Gunn with Slither. All right, so that was Peacemaker. Now we're going to go on to our final topic of the day, which we decided to do. And this was an, an L decision, which I greatly appreciate because I love this movie. We're going to do a little retro review of the classic film Big Trouble in Little China, 1986, Ooh. which I couldn't – I didn't remember that it was that old. I was only 10 when this came out. I do remember seeing it on video, not in the theater. One of my favorite – this movie – is when I think of Kurt Russell. Some people think Snake Plissken. Some people think um, uh, Cash from Tango and Cash, which I do love him in that. Um, you know, a lot of people think um, from The Thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't think. I cannot remember the name of his character. I can't remember the, the name of his character. Um, when I think of Kurt Russell, I think Big Trouble in China. Yeah. Jack Burton. Yeah. 100%. He's so ridiculously good in this movie. So good. The whole movie is hilarious yes and amazing yes watching it again is such a delight it's so good and it turns so many tropes on their heads mm -hmm. it's just amazing to watch what's such a mishmash once again 1986 it is john carpenter who does the music wrote directed just like he did with halloween you know this is one of his earlier works phenomenal absolutely phenomenal movie um it is a mismatch of so many genres. Yeah. You have a horror. You have kind of a sci-fi. There's you have fantasy in here. Fantasy. You have um, like an ancient Chinese kung fu movie. Martial arts movie. Martial yeah. arts movie. And you have like a buddy cop film. Yeah. Because you have Jack Burton and Wang Chi who's his partner who are after Wang Chi's um, fiance who gets kidnapped in the beginning. And you're like, I love it. Like, yeah. it's got, and once again, we talked about with humor, it has the right amount of humor. It's perfect with the humor. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it what it does, it comes at you with humor in so many different forms and varieties. So you have the general humor of just funny dialogue mm -hmm. or funny things happening. 
uh, Jack Burton shooting into the ceiling and then the rock comes and hits on his head and he's knocked out. He gets kind of Bilbo bagging through the, the fight. But see, what I love about that is they don't hang on it. It's no. something that happens and they just go on with the they fight. They go on with it. Like we, people shaking their head as they walk yeah. by him or something. Yeah, no, it's it, the joke is there and gone. Gone. Um, but then there's also jokes like how <laughs> characters will just walk in and introduce themselves or... Uh, introduce a character and all of his backstory mm-hmm. so you have uh gracie law walks in and proclaims that it's just me gracie law and uh you have uh when david lopan is brought up mm-hmm. and the reporter who just goes on and on and on and on about his backstory mm-hmm. and you're just like this is hilarious mm-hmm. this is Either the worst writing you've ever heard, or it's hilarious. And kind of like what you're saying, I remember when Gracie Law first comes to the restaurant. After the abduction at the airport, she comes to the restaurant. And Uncle Chu is like, what the hell is Gracie Law doing here? <laughs> I love that, because it just, it, it was funny and out of place, but quick. Yeah. And you're like, dude, it's perfect. It's so It's such good. a perfect movie. It's so good. And Jack... Being on the phone, uh, trying to get his insurance to cover his missing truck, and meanwhile, <laughs> other characters are coming and going. Yeah. And oh my god, the pacing and the, the the jokes and style are so good here. It's almost a perfect game of just like everything is funny. Yeah, everything is perfectly timed. You know, I love it specifically in one way. It makes all the white characters idiots. Oh, yeah. And I love that. I love that all the white characters are all idiots. And, you know, they're all idiots in different ways. But the way Kurt Russell plays off him being an idiot is so natural that it doesn't seem like... (laughs) Like, when Kim Cattrall is playing an idiot, you're like, okay, you're playing an idiot. I get it. But, like, Kurt Russell's playing this, like, natural idiot. And it's amazing. It's so good how he can just be baffled and overwhelmed and at the same time be like but i'm in charge here so i'm running the show yeah. and just like oh and man. he also can when he needs to kick ass oh yeah and that's what i love because he, he is played like a buffoon but he gets the job done and he plays a buffoon playing a buffoon yeah at one point in the movie it's it's so good. Oh, God. When he goes to the massage parlor. Yeah. Oh, that is the best. Oh, my God. Because he is huge. Like, he was really big when he made this movie. I want to say it's right around the time they made Tango and Cash. And so mm-hmm. he was pretty big. Yeah. And so to play that nerdy guy in a suit that doesn't fit, and it's like, he, what did he say? He was an accountant or something. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> killed me. And that's where we face, first meet the three storms, right? Because they show up at the... They were in the alleyway, but that that's like the first time that we fight the three storms. Yes, because they were in the alleyway for the gang fight. Yeah. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so they, they appear there, mm-hmm. and we're like, oh, what what's up with these three? And then they appear at the massage parlor, and you're like, oh, this is bad. Yeah. Oh, this is very bad. Because we already had trouble. Big trouble. Big trouble. In Little Shannon. Yeah. Uh, so, but, and then, like, it becomes this fantasy story by yeah. the end of it. And the build is so slow to that fantasy element that by the time they're walking around in the sewers and, like, actual monsters are coming out yeah. at them, you're like, no, yeah, this 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 checks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, This, this is a natural progression. This is where we were going the entire time. And it just, like, it never it. feels forced. 
and never feels like as an audience member you're like whoa when did what the hell did yeah. that like you're you're always like oh shit because <laughs> then you have the werewolf creature yeah you have the floating eye that lopan can see yeah. everything and it's like you're right it's like those come out of nowhere even though the three storms kind of shows okay this is going into that fantasy element, but then... No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's this creeping build of, like, it's weird things. Like, they go in the elevator, and the elevator goes... I think it goes down. Yes. And suddenly and it, it starts filling water. with water. And it opens, and it's underwater. With all the bodies floating. And, and you're just like, what is happening? Yeah. This, these, this doesn't... You're not allowed to do that. And yet, this movie does it in this building way. It's so trippy. Where it's just like, oh man, oh shit, oh god, yeah. ah damn it, ah no, ah crap. And like, they actually, the, when they get away halfway through the story, mm. and they have to come back, and they come back with all their warriors. And it's, just, ah, it's and so I, good. It has one of my favorite lines when they're walking, when all the warriors are walking in the rain. And Wang Chi says, ah, oh, you know, a real man likes the feel of nature on his face. And then the the <laughs> head guy said, yeah, but a wise man knows enough to get out of the rain. And yes. I was like, yeah, that's an awesome line. Uh, and for years, one of the things that I said because of this movie is it's all in the reflexes. Yeah, it's all in the reflexes. That was the Jack Burton line, man. It's all uh, in the reflexes. It's so good. And it's so funny that, like, this would again be one of those situations where sometimes people would find it disappointing how quickly uh lopan is kind of dispatched mm -hmm. by the end of the movie but i'm just like no i think that's kind of the perfect ending to this movie is it just builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds and then it crusts and then like because it's been building so much it can't just keep going and going yeah. it's gonna be this big boom and then we're gonna go into the denouement and that's fine and I think that that's perfect because honestly, I'm exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I could take any more. And you and throughout the movie, they just show Burton as a, a buffoon. But you have to think, all right, he obviously has probably been in situations where he's needed to fight and actually be a tough guy. But you don't see mostly in this movie. So when he does kill Lopan, you're like, okay, that's his moment to show. I am actually a badass. He's actually I am a buffoon, guy. but I do know how to do things like that. Yeah. Because he throws that knife right between the eyes, and it's like, what, the first time he throws it, and it hits... Doesn't he throw it, and it hits the wrong... He he takes his knife, and he throws it, and it, like, goes past him or over his head or yes. something. And oh, no, no, he bends down to his boot, and as he pulls it out, it flies off to the side. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Right. And you're like, okay, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know what he's doing. doing. Yeah. And then he does throw it at Lopan, and Lopan catches it. Yeah. And he says, oh, nice knife. And then when he throws it is when he does the quick return. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it's like, I love that that's his only moment of being a hero really in the movie. Like, there, there's moments of heroism. Yeah. But if we're talking about it as, like, um, if we're looking at it as, the, as Die Hard is, like, the hero action star... He doesn't have those moments no. of the hero action star. He just gets his ass kicked. He gets his ass kicked, and then Wang gets to be the hero action yes. star. And I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. Because like in the in the massage parlor, when the three storms attack, and he gets in he tries to knock out Rain, 
and Rain just does the standing double kick, which I love. Yeah. I absolutely love that. And knocks him, like, across the room. It's like, there's his hero moment. He was going to try to save the girl. Yeah. And instead he kicks his ass, kicked across the room. The moment he gets bonked back into the wheelchair and rolls down the hill and has to save himself from falling into the well. <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, it's just so good. It's like, how is this idiot our hero? Yeah. And then eventually you realize, no, nah, he's not the hero. He's the comic relief. Yeah. Wang's our hero. Wang's our hero. <laughs> Wang's the guy that we're following and being like, yeah, Wang, do it. Yeah. You got a plan. Let's do the, let's go with Wang's plan. He's got a great plan. Yeah. And it's a shame. I, I got to say, it is, a, it is a shame this movie never got a sequel. I, I, I assume it just didn't do well. I think this was one of the films that did great on home video. It did. But it didn't do great in the theater. Exactly. And that's just a shame. Yeah. Because now everyone is obviously too old. Even though... Kurt Russell might be able to pull off Jack Burton again. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, at, his, at his age, he might be able to do it. It would definitely be a different storyline, but yeah. I think they possibly could. Yeah. I. You know, at this point, I'm kind of happy just having it exist in a bubble. Yeah. I'm satisfied to just be able to go back and rewatch it. And I, I do appreciate it. But... I'm glad you brought this up, though, because I rewatched and I have not watched it in many years. And I remembered it has one of my favorite cameos. There is an actor named Al Leung. And if you've seen any action movie in the 80s, he was in it. Oh, is he the... He was the hatchet man in the fight in the alleyway. Yes. He played Genghis Khan in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Yes. He played Endo in Lethal Weapon that was shocking Mel Gibson. He played one of the terrorists in Die Hard. He's been in a million movies. And like in the 80s, if there was an action movie, he was in it. So to see him in the alley, I was like, oh. Oh, perfect. Now it's now it's because that was his movie. only scene. He was only in the L. Yeah. No, he gets killed. He gets killed by one of the. Oh, that's the right. Storms. He does. One of the storms fucks him up. That's right. So oh good. man, so I good. love this movie. It is so great. It's so. And good. you know the special effects don't necessarily hold up, but they're luckily they were practical effects, except for the floating eye. It was practical, but it was like kind of green screened in, and yeah. that one was a little shaky. But like the creature effect of the werewolf and all that. You know, that was awesome. Creature effects were great. They were really good. They were really good. The sewer effects look great. That set looks great. Set was awesome. The, all the sets look so good. Including the like temple scene at the end that the big fight yeah, takes place in. Yeah. That was really good. I think the only thing that maybe doesn't hold up in terms of the the effects is when Lopan and Egg Shen have their kind of video game oh yeah with the fingers with the fingers and like there's this kind of shadow war going on above them and it's kind of in slow motion you're like i can see what you wanted this to look like yeah it doesn't look like that <laughs> but i can yeah. see what you wanted. back it in the day like. it was it was pretty spectacular but yeah. now yeah it's not it didn't age too well no but the rest of it is so good yeah and it's it's I just love it. I just love this movie so much. I remember this was one of those movies I didn't see until I was in my mid-20s. Oh, wow. And so when I saw it, I was just like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And going back and watching it again, it's just like, man, I'm glad I own this movie. Because this is going to be a movie I watch a lot. I'm going to watch this with my kids. I'm going to watch this when You're I'm gonna, just doing stuff. You guys stuff. are always going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> No, because I, I saw it. My brother, my brother Brian, was a big fan of this when it came out on home video. So I saw it late '80s, early '90s on VHS, and just like you're saying, when first time I saw it, I was like, "What the hell is going on?" Yeah, 
Because I love John Carpenter because I loved Halloween was one of my favorite movies and I love The Fog. So when it came to seeing that, I'm like, yeah, I got to see it. And I love Kurt Russell. I think I had just seen, um, what the hell was that movie? Soldier? That like sci-fi futuristic movie where he plays like a brainwashed soldier in it. I think so. I think I think Soldier is the name of it. Um, it was one of those things where, you know, my love for film in the 80s really is where it, it blew up and I started seeing some really out there movies. And when this one I saw it, I was like, all right, this is absolutely crazy. And the fun part was is shortly after seeing this is when I started to get into like Hong Kong action movies. And a lot of these Asian characters in it, who I had never heard of, never seen before, I started seeing in all these movies, like Jackie Chan movies, um, uh, John Woo films with Chow Yun-Fat. And I'm starting to see some of these these actors. I'm like, wait a second, I remember them, I remember them. And so that was a good thing for me because I think this movie did introduce Asian film culture to yeah. a lot of whiteies. I'm just going to use that term, man. A lot of yeah. whiteies <laughs> who never wanted to watch a movie from Asia because it had either really bad dubbing or subtitles. Yeah. But then after you see this, you're like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then you're like, well, let me see Drunken Master. Let me go watch that. And oh. then start seeing some of the movies from those catalogs. You're like, oh, shit. This is awesome. I and think, that's kind of what happened with me. I think it's Drunken Master 2. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Oh, it's so good. That's pretty awesome. That's a great movie. I mean, we'll have to do we'll have to do a Jackie Chan. We have to do sometime. a Jackie night, yeah. Because yeah. honestly, there was a number of years where me and a couple of my friends, all we did was just rent Japanese or not. I don't think we went rent a lot. It was mainly like Hong Kong films, and Jackie. Once again, Jackie Chan, Chow Yun Fat, John Woo. We went through just we we watched Asian dramas. Just to see, you know, there's a great movie, Bullet in the Head. It's not the, the awful Sylvester Stallone movie that had nothing to do with it. A drama following former soldiers. and But it was great because it was, you know, you got into that genre. And this movie kind of opened up all that to me. Yeah, goddamn love this movie mm-hmm. so much. It's so good. I do love watching Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. Every time I see a Jackie Chan movie on sale, and I know it's one of the good ones, one of the ones that where he got to direct or mm-hmm. one of his team members got to direct... So that uh, you have, like, the the great thing about Jackie Chan is he'll just take as many takes as it needs to until uh, the the stunt's done. Yes. And Even if he's completely busted up every bone in his body. Exactly. I love Jackie Chan. I love Big Trouble in Little China. I think that's a wrap on our show, dude. Well, real quick. I, I gotta just throw this in there. He made talking... Now, this isn't going to be a huge Jackie Chan tangent. He made one or two American movies. And I know one of them is The Protector, I'm pretty sure. Back in the mid-80s. And they were horrible. (laughs) It's kind of like how they tried to... Did you ever see the Doctor Who movie? No. It was awful. Because it was... America took this brand from another country and tried to make a movie with it. And it just didn't work. And so they took Jackie Chan and brought him to America and put him into American movies, but they made them American movies. Not like Rumble in the Bronx, which was a Hong Kong movie that just took place in America, and they kind of dubbed in American actors. This was like American, and I'm 99% sure, I haven't seen them in a very long time, but I'm pretty sure they dub it and it's not even his voice. I wouldn't be surprised. And it's, they're horrible. But... They're part of film history. So if you can find them, I highly recommend 1980s Jackie Chan American-made movies. 
Terrible. I just want to say this about Rumble in the Bronx. Lovely movie. It was shot in Vancouver, and you can tell because there's mountains in the background. Yes. And as someone who lived in the Bronx for years, there are no mountains. There's no mountains. <laughs> there's no mountains. <laughs> and a quick little tangent on Rumble in the Bronx. Um, back in the day, they used to sell movie passes at Wegmans. And you could only see movies that have already been out for two weeks and because they were discount tickets. So we used to go buy the tickets, say we were going to go into one movie and sneak into the other. And we always would try not to get busted. And when we went to see Rumble in the Bronx, I remember one of my friends went up and Sense and Sensibility was the movie that we were saying we were seeing. Bold move, Cotton. For, like, 19, 20-year-old guys saying they're going to go see... He drops his ticket and says, can I have one for sex and sexuality? <laughs> and I'm like, God damn it. We were all hysterical. But in my head, I'm like, I hope we don't get busted. We didn't get busted. You just blew our cover, dude. I thought he blew our cover. But to this day, nothing makes me laugh harder when I see Sense and Sensibility. And in my head, I think sex and sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> that just, that's my tangent of the night. Folks, all right. This has been episode 42. We hope you enjoyed it. I know I enjoyed it. I know I did. This was a great episode. Um, next week, we are going to go deep into... Um, it's the legend of Vox Machina, right? The yes. legendary adventures. The legend. The legend of Vox Machina. Which is a, uh, a show on Amazon Prime. It's an animated, very R-rated animated show. Um, if you want to take part in our discussion, go and watch it. I believe by the time... That episode airs next week. It'll be like 12 or 13 episodes It's got to be at least, that. yeah. Um, so 12, that's the main yeah. thing we're going to talk about next week, of course. Anything that comes up in nerd culture, we will bring up as well. Uh, once again, you can um, listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much any podcast site of your choice. If you want to see what Al and I look like, which I don't advise, but if you want to see what we look like, we do have YouTube videos that are going to be going up. So go to NerdPod Generations on YouTube. Make sure to like our, our channel, subscribe, or like each video, subscribe, and hit the notification bell just so we can know that people are watching and because we want to keep really building this brand because we yeah. got a lot of love in this brand yeah it's a bold move to come and see our faces yes but uh a face reveal while this might be it's not one of the big ones no but uh we're just hey. two average looking schmoes so yeah. you're not gonna puke hopefully. yeah no 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 yeah you get to see my chubby face and and steve's oh, I'm pretty chubby face. right now no i'm pretty chubby yeah uh, but once again nerd generations episode 42 please go back listen to our back catalog and if you want to know more about us you can look up uh my other works at staylorbooks.com you can find me at judsonstudios.work under the bronx division tab and we'll and that's see, a wrap folks yeah we'll see you next week friends see you and next enemies. week this has been the answer to life the universe and everything it's, it's just a multiverse man yeah Good night, friends. Adios. Adios.